Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. Welcome back to the Off the Bench Podcast, episode 17. Jason, yeah, there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Just uh, all the different, right, all the section championships, right, are finishing up or they're just about to get started. We had playoff brackets, right, playoff brackets coming out. You had some just got done finishing. The one that got done finishing is tennis. Congratulations, Valley champion. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It was section uh, champion. It was quite a it was quite a week. You know, my girls came through and uh man, they had to earn it. We had to play the toughest teams we'd played all year and you know that makes sense in the playoffs, but uh they got it done. We had quite a day yesterday, big celebration and uh you know, small school got it done. D5 section champs. That's awesome. Long day, I imagine at Buchanan. Yeah, the, uh the, we actually played it here. Oh, okay. At at our place, but uh yeah, it was it was it was long. You know, we only have four courts, so played at eleven AM and I didn't leave the courts until about five thirty last night. So it's about a five hour five hour match and uh Well worth it. Yeah, you know, when it when it goes your way, it's all worth it, right? That's awesome. So we got to we got to end the day taking pictures and putting the hats on. And uh it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So it was really cool to see my uh my group of girls. Got a young group and uh, you know, we uh we got it done. So it was exciting. It was a big day. That's awesome. Congratulations with Appreciate that. Appreciate that, man. But yeah, you uh, you mentioned it. You know, all the basketball, all the basketball seedings and brackets came out and uh, lots to talk about right there. Yeah, just um, right. You just talk about like the boys open kind of we that was spot on. We kind of figured that out. Um, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a little easier to predict. But. And then with the girls, right, we kind of had that feeling uh, kind of learning about Memorial backing out. Um, feel like it's kind of I don't know I don't want to really talk about that but when you run your mouth I still don't I don't I, know I get it you don't have your star player I don't know but, but when you run your mouth and you're going on people's accounts and you know you it's true don't don't run away from it I don't know I think it's one girl leaves it's kind of disservice to the rest of the team but you know I don't want to I, I know like, we always we you know if we'll, it's I, if it's for the kids I think you go on you play if it's for the coach I guess you pull out right but that's another story we'll talk about yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. I, I see it the exact same way. I was I was shocked. You, know, you started hearing those rumors of of them not competing, and I I figured it was there had to be more to it. There was more than one player not available. Like if you're gonna miss your whole starting five, yeah. okay, I get it. But okay, you're missing one player. How about the rest of the girls? Yeah, let them compete. You're still one of the best teams in the yeah. valley. So and, you know, like you have Clovis West. I think just Clovis West by far is just the best team. I think they're the best team. For girls all year yeah. um i don't think it matters who they play they're just they're by far the better team in this section and i just don't think it's close even memorial's full strength i still think clovis west is better um i am looking forward to you know clovis high and carruthers yeah. um yeah i'm gonna try to get out to that game it, it's a it should be a fun one um i i truly believe clovis high's point guard i've had conversations with people i think i think she's the best point guard and she's the best girls point guard in the section i just it's just how she controls the game um yeah a big statement she's she's just she's fundamentally sound just she controls tempo and i was talking with a uh, former clovis high girls basketball coach uh steve perkovich and i said she she reminds me of a, a female version of chris hernandez 
Wow. You know, and so, but yeah, I'm, you know, I think it's going to be a great matchup. And, you know, Royal Grande goes to Clovis West and they'll drive out here and they'll drive right back home. <laughs> so. I, I think you're exactly right there. Yeah. Normally, normally, you know, Clovis West is so good that I would, I would see those matchups and I would drive over to Clovis West to catch <laughs> that game. But I think, you know, we'll see, we'll see what the rules are as far as letting people in and whatnot. But, uh, I, you know, I may try to get out to Crothers and see that Crothers Clovis high game. Yeah. And then for boys, the open, um, I'm interested to see Clovis West versus St. Joe's. It's going to be at St. Joe's obviously, but yeah, that's going to be a great matchup. And then that St. Joe's team is really good. They're long. Yeah. They're super long. They crash the glass. Um, be interesting to see how they do with, uh, you know, trying to shut down Cole Anderson. Yeah. And, and Clovis West did just add a new player. They got, yeah. Uh, Davis. Yeah. Dre Davis. Yeah. So that should help him down low a little bit. Mm -hmm. Add that, you know, add that beef inside. And, you know, his dad played for BB at Sunnyside. So, um, but yeah, it should be interesting. And then um, Memorial Clovis North, they, you know, they had a very close matchup the first time they played against each other. So, you know, who knows how that goes? Yeah. On paper, you know, you, you think right away, you think it's, oh, that's going to go to to Memorial. Yeah. But that Clovis North team, man, you can't count them out ever. No, and they're they're yeah. It's at the end of the day when you have uh, you have AK who's like six seven six eight right, and then um, you know they're led by their two little crafty guards and Nico Jones and Connor Amundsen. Just yeah, it's, you know, and Connor's come on the scene strong as a yeah. freshman. He was I just saw he was named first team All Track. Yep, and he's had a heck of a year. I think that surprised a lot of people that he was. I, we knew he was a good player, but yeah, to come in and do what he's done this year is very impressive. No, and yeah, and you know, Memorial team is they're super loaded, super stacked. So it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting, be great matchups, and then um, for Division One boys, right? Like it's you have Central getting the one seed, Bullard the two seed, um, Clovis East the three seed, and I I really think it's going to be between one of those three schools is going to be. Yeah, I agree. You talk about how you can't ever count out Clovis North. Well, for me in in that division that in the d1 i think that's clovis east to me yeah they just play so hard yeah they just play so hard and then with bullard uh they're without walton their point guard so you know it's it'll be interesting and sometimes it's you know it's addition by subtraction so could be yeah and then you know central's played well all yeah, year central's so. long they're yeah. long athletic so yeah they do they, they've, they've done well so you're probably right it's going to come out of those three but i mean who knows anything can happen yeah and then you know it's bakersfield christian we go to our, the D3 Bakersfield Christian and Hoover. It looks like they're about to hit it, hit off again. I hope it happens, man. I hope we get a finals of Bakersfield Christian and Hoover just to see the rematch. Yep. But also, you know, we've both guys, both head coaches are alums on the podcast here. We've this is had good Tizel's Tizel's episode. This today, today you're about to hear Tizel's, and uh, we obviously had Coach Garrett Brown on. Uh, by now, shoot, that was probably two months ago. Yeah, he's one of our first ones. I think it was one so of the, long ago, just so long ago. <laughs> so long. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it'd be just that would be a lot of fun to you know get the uh, the podcast alums yep. squaring off again, and uh, you know we may have to get down to that game if that happens. But and then D four, you have Kingsburg. That's probably gonna be Kingsburg Madera Ranchos. Yeah, I have um, not seen this Kingsburg team. They're good. They they barely lost to Clovis North. Wow. Yeah. Um, that was early in the year. Um, for the most part, they pretty much return a lot of their guys from last year's team. Um, so yeah, it's they're a very talented team. Yeah, I've seen this Liberty Ranchos team, um, and they're good as well. But I don't think they would have. I mean, you say that I don't think they would have done that well against Clovis North. Yeah, I think I I 
uh, memory, right? I think I think Kingsbury lost like by five or six. Oh wow! To North. Yeah, the Liberty team I saw is good, but still probably loses by twenty. To yeah, and you know they have they have you know Kingsburg they have height they got shooters you know they're they're a very talented team. Um, you know they return a lot of guys from that section championship they won last year with Todd Brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So and then you know D five, Fresno Christian got a six seed. That we kind of talked about this. They're you know they're missing some guys. I mean, really, we're missing Jason Lavore. Wow. That's, <laughs> We're some other guys we're missing too because I never made a basket, but yeah, yeah there's, true. Um, yeah. but you know, and Fowler, you know, last year, um, you know, we, it was an exciting game, but they pretty much bring everyone back. Yeah, they're back. You know, that was a double overtime thriller at Selland Arena last year. Fresno Christian got the win at Selland, but Fowler pretty much brings the whole team back. Yeah. And Fresno Christian does not. No, but <laughs> the one guy we cannot count out is my man, Ryan Watt up at Sierra. Just absolutely just turn that program around, doing great things, has them humming and moving along. Yes, so. he does. Ryan White is a heck of a coach, and those kids love him up there. Uh, and, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's coming, seed. coming in as a two seed. So, so that could be a fun matchup with with Fowler and Sierra if it happens. Yeah, so I'm excited. Uh, definitely will be cheering on my man, Ryan Watt. Um, but then, yeah, girls, as Clovis North, we are heading to Bakersfield on Thursday. That's the last thing I want to do is go to <laughs> Bakersfield. Um, but you know, we'll go there. Um, we have a tough, tough side. We have Bakersfield who's, you know, defending division one girls champs. And then we'll, you know, if we are able to beat them, then we play Buchanan who's the number one seed. Um, so, you know, it's a tough road and Rigetti is a team that barely missed out on being in the open, you know, both, you know, Buchanan was on a little bit of a slide, but I think it was going to be between Rigetti and Arroyo for getting that last spot. So yeah, I mean, if you have to go through the through the one seed, at least it's a team you you know well. Yeah, um, and I just I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but like you know, Division Four, do you just get an asterisk if you win that for girls, just because that's where Carruthers would have been? Do you? Let's let's give them a championship. They could have it. I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> no, it's the Carruthers. Like, I I would you know I think the Carruthers Clovis High game is going to be a good game. Yeah. Um. And it's just, they're, 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 they're like, I know Crothers, I don't think they want to be in the open, um, kind of, but I'm going to tell you right now, they deserve it. Yeah, they they're deserve it. talented. They're, they have an unbelievable program, you know, and what, it's, it's not a, let's put Crothers in the open to hurt them. It's a, they've earned this honor. Yeah. And they're not just going up and being the last seed. They're up, they're the two seed. They're yes. going to host a game. Yeah. They're, they're, you know what I'm saying? And I, if they beat, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Clovis High. Yeah, you know Buchanan split. Um, Buchanan split with Clovis High, and Crowther smoked Buchanan. And yeah, you know the last game Clovis High played against Buchanan, they they beat Buchanan pretty good too as well. So it it's definitely going to be a good matchup, and you know, and you know it's it, it's just one of those things. It doesn't matter. It's you could have put three other teams in that open. It did not matter who the three were because at the end of the day. Because Coach Campbell is going to get it done. Coach Campbell, this is how successful Coach Campbell's yep. program is. His varsity team went undefeated in the league. They're undefeated. Yep. His JV team, undefeated. His eighth grade team, undefeated. His seventh grade team, undefeated. So It's that attention to detail all the way yes. down. Um, but yeah, so. And if you don't believe us, go back and listen yeah. to his episode on this show. And you just, you quickly realize just why that man's successful. No, yeah, so it's just yeah, he does he just does a phenomenal job and he just he's an absolute worker and 
So, but yeah, so it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. Um, but I, you know, I, I think it'll be great, you know, for Crothers and hopefully we can get that Crothers Clovis West matchup, that dream matchup. I think everyone wants to see, and we can kind of really, you know, you can kind of gauge and see where Crothers is. Cause I know there's people who, who truly believe Crothers doesn't deserve to be there because of their size of school, but they're a very talented team. Very talented team. Yep. They've earned it at this point. I think it's an honor that they've, they've, it just shows what they've accomplished, right? Yep. You know, they've won like 85 something straight yeah. league games and they're just, they're a dominant program coached by a great coach. Mm-hmm. Coach Almeida does a great job out there. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to see it. I mean, you know, you talk about that, you know, the matchup being Crothers, Clovis West that we want to see. And that's no slight to Clovis High. It's just we've already seen Clovis High versus Clovis West. Yeah. So if we're going to root for anything, I'm going to root for the matchup. That just happened just past Friday. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's not that we don't like Clovis High. It's just that, you know, the matchup we haven't seen is Clo- yeah. Crothers, Clovis West. So No, yeah. And yeah, so it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. It'll be fun. And um a lot of exciting right right these next couple of weeks are going to be exciting just to see all the different teams that have kind of come out um but yeah it's unbelievable and then you know we had soccer section championships that came out Kingsburg I guess girls won D3 Clovis North won it again Papanduras at Clovis North he's just out here just winning multiple championships that's I feel like he wins one every other year or every year seriously yeah and you mentioned Kingsburg yeah they're having quite the year on campus. They just won a boys' tennis championship, too, yeah. and they're just, you know, it's a good year on that campus. Their so. football team was phenomenal. It probably would have won a section championship with football. And yeah. yeah, they're just – basketball team probably looks like they're going to at least probably compete, maybe win another section championship in basketball. So Yeah. Big things down in Kingsburg. Doing – yeah, doing great stuff. Yeah, we've kind of covered a lot of these, uh, these basketball playoffs, but it's – you know, it's going to be exciting. These – uh, the boys, you know, get started on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then the girls get started on Thursday. So yeah. we're jumping right in. Um, so it's you know a crazy time of year. How many wins? Wins the Clovis? Wins we're done Friday. Friday. All right, so you got one week left. Yeah. So we were. Yeah, we're done. We're done this Friday. Um, Clovis North. Clovis North graduation is uh, Tuesday when this episode is released. Clovis High already graduated. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think like you're gonna have right and like I know President Christian, you guys have you guys are done. We're done. We graduated on Thursday and um yeah, so it's right. I think Central is not this week. The following week they're done. So it's kind of crazy. Like some of these kids, right? Like who'd ever thought basketball playoffs? You're you're like done. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I imagine some of these playoff games will will have to get moved around a day or two here. And I mean. Uh, just speaking of myself, my tennis, we had to move our Valley Championship match from Thursday to Saturday okay, because of graduation and whatnot. Um, so I, I imagine that'll happen a little bit. CIF has asked that everybody, you know, be lenient and work with each other, mm-hmm. um, especially if graduation's involved because you can't make a kid miss graduation. No, and that, yeah, we were kind of nervous with that with uh, one of our, you know, our lone senior, Laney Amundsen, kind of, we were nervous that maybe, you know, if we play that Tuesday or something like that, that you know you're not without one of our better players but yeah yeah i imagine if that happens i you know i'm sure you're ideal get it switched to wednesday or play it monday or something yeah it would have probably made it work but no it's yeah it's gonna be exciting just you know who would ever thought that you know when we started this thing that we even have playoffs and sports in general but yeah for real man i mean i was just thinking about it you know this morning to go from especially in the girls tennis world right as a coach we normally play in the fall 
and it was canceled. We didn't get a season this year, right? You get you told no all year, and then to finally get to the spring, right at the end of the year, and then they give you the go-ahead and to finally get to play, um, especially now as a team that that got to win it all. I mean, just so thankful that, you know, CIF put it together yep. and uh, got us a season, um, and that goes to every sport. I mean, it, it didn't look like it was going to happen for a little while. Yeah. So to go from nothing to, in my case, getting a – getting a ring it was uh <laughs> it's a big deal so seriously oh, yeah. thankful to thankful to cif for putting in the effort and uh you know and th- this new section office is going all out i mean they're working hard they actually came out they were at our at our match yesterday and um yeah i just really appreciate those guys so coach toss and crew they're doing a good job over there right now no yeah and you know i'm i'm excited next week because that's when baseball the baseball seedings come out so yeah yeah, that's uh I think they got one more week of regular season play and then that gets started and that's gonna be fun and exciting and Yeah, and I think I saw that some of those playoff matchups, those dates match up. So like you could have kids going from in one day playing a playoff baseball game and a playoff basketball game. Oh wow. So we'll see. Maybe they can maybe they'll adjust that a little bit. But yeah, it's uh baseball's right around the corner. And those go like, you know, several weeks of baseball playoffs so yeah you know most of june's taken up by this stuff so no yeah and it's just it'll be yeah just kind of interesting it's really it's going to be a testament to see what the the best team is who has the best arms yeah yeah especially you're going to be going you're going to be going deep deep into that rotation yeah it's uh you know it's how it goes it's going to be it's a, it's a weird year but i'm just you know getting excited that we that we get to see it so get to happen get get to actually play these things. I know the kids are kids are thankful that they got to do it. So Yeah. Yeah, big things. And uh, you know, episode 6 what oh, I almost said 16. Yeah. Yeah, episode 17 today. We got Tazel Archie. Yes, big Tazel uh doing big things at Hoover, Hoover alum. Got his team as a number 2 seed. Yeah. Right, we just talked about that. Looks like they're on a collision course once again with a rematch with Bakersfield Christian. Very talented team. Um, but yeah, just to hear Tizel's story, um, hear his story and right, just, you know, what made him kind of fall in love with basketball, how that basketball route, where he, the university, why he chose the university he did and kind of reason why he even got into coaching and got to hear about his overseas. This is, you know, phenomenal episode and just love what Tizel's doing, you know, on and off the court for the Hoover um, social media page. I think they just had their prom or something like that. He's, you know, he's taking pictures with look like his whole team, like doing a team picture, Yeah. but you know, dressed out all looking in their swag for prom and stuff. So that's unbelievable. That's an awesome thing that he's doing over there. Yeah. And it's cool to hear him talk about his guys. I mean, he's got some incredible players over there. Obviously AJ George is doing big things. So it's cool to hear, yeah. you know, the coach's perspective and what it's like coaching those guys. And, you know, it's just, it's a fun episode. You know, this, it's funny. He, we talk about it a little bit, but he, uh, you know, Tazel, he talks about, you know, his age and how how, <laughs> how long ago he, he played, right? Yeah. But this I'm telling you what, this man looks like he could suit up. Oh. And the ref nobody would know. He he could suit oh, up and yeah. look like a high schooler out there. Dude looks like he's eighteen. Tazel can still hoop. Tazel can still hoop. He's got that magic yeah. eight no whatever age elixir or something. I don't know what this man's doing, <laughs> but he uh dude looks good. He's uh looks young and he uh but yeah, he played when his Hoover days were quite a while ago. Yeah, back in the day. But yeah, it's you know the great thing is they were Hoover was absolutely phenomenal when he was there, and he's bringing it back to where now they're you know he's 
it just it feels like Hoover can't, you know, if, unless there's an Archie at Hoover, just the program just ain't as successful That's true. when there's not an Archie That's at true. Hoover. That's true. He's doing big things there. And, uh, you know, it's always cool seeing guys go back to their alumni, yep. to their alma mater there and uh, do big things. So this was a fun one. Uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Once again, let, you know, hit the retweet button on Twitter. Help us get the word out. Um, and yeah, just comment on Twitter. Let us know. We love, love interacting with you guys. So, uh, yeah, tell somebody new about the show, send it off to somebody and uh, we appreciate all your help with that. So here we go. Off the bench podcast, episode 17. Off the bench podcast, Jason. We uh we got I'm excited about this one. We got a you know, we got another local basketball coach. This guy's known as the uh you know, known for now being the the head coach at Hoover High, but uh he's got a, there's there's a lot more going on to the story. Yeah, he's probably one of the best point guards to ever come out of Fresno. Yeah, we're gonna hear all about that. And then it's pretty cool because, you know, he graduated from Hoover. Yeah. Hoover in his heydays and now he's the head coach at Hoover and pretty much bringing them back to when back when he played so yeah back in the day hoover was the place to be i mean there was there was dudes Athletes. coming out all over the place yep and uh you know he's quickly turning things around and you know trying to go back to the heyday there not many people go first year coaching and go straight to sell right yes <laughs> making it look easy yeah to zell how we doing today we're doing good doing good thanks for having me on fellas absolutely we've had you uh we've had you yeah, for a while. Yeah, I'm we've just... had your name down. So we got <laughs> we got to talk to Tazel Archie. So we appreciate you taking the time. So, anyways, uh, let's see here. Tazel, you are a uh, you're a Hoover alum. So you're back at Hoover now. But tell us about your days. You know, what was it like back in back in high school? You were when you were actually a, a Hoover student. Man, shoot. Well, first of all, it was a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, but 31, 30 years ago, I was a freshman. You know, 91, graduated in 95. So, um, you know, a lot of old school um, mop-up 17s, you know, suicide, double suicides and double liners. And, you know, I played for um, Coach Moore, Coach Ron Moore, who, who was a staple here in the Central Valley for, for a lot of years and was heavily influenced by Coach Sharkey, who coached on the girls' side back then and uh he, he was always in the gym with us and I mean we were we were gym rats that was just the culture back then you know there, there was no chats and group texts but somehow if the, if the gym was open uh we all showed up you know whether we were riding our bikes or hiking each other uh, you know old school stuff and we just stayed in the gym you know like I said that was the culture and and I, I bring a lot of that with me today, yeah. In the coaching in the coaching uh, role that I'm in, but as as a player, again, it was it was a simpler time. Not necessarily that children were to be seen and, and, and not heard, but there was just a level of of respect there, you know, for 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 coaches and and and, and those that were in those roles, and, and we embraced it. I know I did, and uh, you know we definitely had some success back then. Uh, I know Hoover won Valley in '88 with Riddle Springer and, 
Ray Bearfield and, and, and those guys. So so that was looming um, over us. So so there was a culture of winning and hard work, and 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 that's what we did from from the, the moment I stepped on Hoover's campus as freshman. You know, our freshman team went twenty eight and and two or 26 and two um then i played varsity my sophomore year we, we, we had we won two league titles and i played with a lot of good players and uh you know just just getting having that hard work ethic instilled in us uh and, and like i said just being gym rats and gamers uh really that's all i knew and, and so that's really what i wanted to to instill in, in the guys that i have now coaching Coach, I want to. You you mentioned that was you know thirty years ago that you were on campus. You look like you're twenty what twenty five years old right now. So I don't know how that could be. I hear that a lot, man. Thanks for, <laughs> for you know. You know, I, I drink a lot of water. <laughs> I think those are my two secrets: drink a lot of water, laugh a lot, man. Keeping me looking young. Well, I know Dino helps you out with that, so definitely the laughing part. Oh yeah! Shout out to Dio, my, my my youngest brother. Definitely a funny guy, man. Full fledged professional comedian now. So you know, yep. all, all them times being a being a wisecracker, <laughs> you know, class clown is paying off. He's paid now to to be funny. So now we come from a family of uh, you know, uh, just just lightheartedness and, and enjoying enjoying life and glass half half full type of mentality right being being realistic optimist about everything and so uh yeah it's something that i definitely carry with me no but you you know you're talking about your family you it's not like you don't come from an athletic family either right your brother duran played tr- ran track in college right dino played basketball in college as well you know like you come from an athletic family talk about that was that something your parents kind of always instilled we're going to put you guys in sports and did you play a lot of sports growing up I played, I played a ton of sports growing up. Um, but yeah, no, definitely come from an athletic family. The Archies, uh, my dad ran track, my uncles ran track, played football, baseball. Uh, so we, we, we definitely come from an athletic family. My, my youngest sister, Lauren, went to Fresno State on a, on a track scholarship. She also went to Hoover. Um, I still got second and third generations of cousins that are, that are out here. One of my cousins just graduated from Fresno State yesterday. She runs awesome. track. She's the triple jump champion there at Fresno State and, and setting records. So it's definitely in our blood. It's something that's cultivated in, in our family. It's funny, though, as far as basketball-wise, I was the first in our family to, to really take basketball serious. We, you know, we really come from a, from a track, fo- football, some baseball. Um, but for me, at an early age, Soccer was my first love. Um, huge, huge soccer guy, you know, um, and played from the time I was five to about 16. You know, people don't even know that my first two years of high school, I was still playing club soccer um, while I was at Hoover. Then, you know, but I always played, always played basketball on the playgrounds. And then I, you know, I had a growth spurt. Tenth grade grew about three or four inches. And uh, I didn't even know, you know, that I really had a future in, in basketball. Like I said, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to, to, to go to the World Cup. 
and I was I was real heavy on the soccer guys. Some of the parents, I started hearing them whisper about, you know, uh, T's not going to be around much longer. You know, he's he's uh, he's going to be playing basketball. And this was before I had even decided that that was going to happen. And so, obviously, they saw something there. And then at 16, I, I hung up my cleats and really got serious about basketball. So I was I was a late bloomer on the court. And I, you know, I think it's helped me out because there was no burnout phase. There was, you know, I wasn't playing AAU from the time I was five, six years old. So I really kind of fell in love with, with the organized form of basketball later, later on in my life. And, and, and every day, you know, I'm still learning, still learning the game. So that's awesome. And then, you know, you talk about track. Your own son is at FPU running track. My son, yeah, my oldest son, Tamar, is a freshman at, at uh, Fresno Pacific. I uh, graduated from, from Buchanan and uh, took off with, with, with track himself and, and earned a, a track scholarship and, and an academic scholarship at Fresno Pacific. Just finished his freshman year. So, yeah, and be prouder of my guy. That's awesome, man. That is awesome. But, yeah, definitely the track roots running deep in the yeah. Archie family. All right, so you go. I, so, what, who's your favorite soccer? Do you still? I'm imagining you still follow soccer to this day. So, who's your favorite soccer team? Uh, well, you know, in in America or in the U.S., you know, soccer's never really been huge on yeah. the on, uh, on the professional side. So, when I was playing overseas, um, you know, every it's huge in in Europe. So, every country you go to, you kind of have to adopt a team. <laughs> In that in that country, so you know, I played in Turkey and uh, Galatasaray was was my team out there. Uh, you know, played in uh, Belgium, and uh, Bruges is a team out there that I follow. I went to uh, Holland, and uh, Rotterdam was the local team I was rooting for. But overall, in in like the Euro League, you know, I'd say uh, Barcelona. You know, obviously Barcelona is a team that, that I followed. But I'm more of players, you know, you follow different players out there. So I, I, I try to keep up uh, best I can. But, yeah, no, soccer is definitely still still near and dear to my heart. So I'm guessing you're a big Lionel Messi fan. Absolutely. Messi is <laughs> the man. When you said Barcelona, you know, never, so. Yeah. <laughs> never thought I'd see another uh, – Pele, you know, there was there was Ronaldinho, you know, back in the day, and, and then you had, you had Ronaldo, but no, Messi is special. Messi is definitely special. He, he plays for Argentina national team, picking up from where Maradona left off, and you know, I'm heavy into that stuff. That's awesome. All right, so now you coach at Hoover, but you played at Hoover. Tell me how you didn't get to play in the luxury gym the event center that they have now. You got to play in a gym where it almost feels like the walls might close up on you at times. But that atmosphere, when that gym is rocking and popping, that gym is probably one of the best atmosphere gyms in this section. What is your What was your favorite game in the Hoover Gym? In the old Hoover Gym? Yes. The Cracker Jack? Yes. Oh, favorite game? No. We had a lot. Like I said, we we won league two years, uh, two out of my out of my three years on varsity. 
and then our freshman year, we, we, we were nasty. So we had a lot of good games. Uh, Edison was always a big game when they came into town. They, just the energy that, that they bring. Um, and back then you had Terrell Woods, you had Melvin Mason, you had John Pleasant, Torrey Braggs, uh, my guy Ed Malone, Chiz, uh, Jamar Chisholm who's coaching at Roosevelt. Yeah. And so you had, I mean, you had players and talent, and, and, and you know they bring the whole West Side over there, and that energy is just crazy. And we, and we all played against each other in the summers in the park. So when they come over, um, definitely the, the temperature rises, and, and I'd say a lot of those games. Uh, Bullard as well. Bullard back then was a was a powerhouse. You know, you had you had, you had your Shannon Taylor, your Shannon Swillis. Ted Roberts, and so I'd say playing against Baker, playing against uh, Bullard, Edison, anytime Vance Walbert brought his guys over, Clovis West with, with Nathan Fast and TJ Atkins and them, uh, those were always memorable games. So we had, we had quite a few. What is your favorite memory of high school? Memory. You know, it's tough just to just to pinpoint one. You know, we never won Valley, so you know, I wish I wish I could say we cut the nets down. You know, that would be easy when we didn't. But it it was just uh, I would say the collective. You know, just the just the camaraderie that we all had. You know what I tell you? We went down to Baker, down to Bakersfield, uh, Cal State Bakersfield in the summer, and played in the. And, and all the teams from the central section were there, were, and and that was that was one of the most memorable trips and times that we had. Um, we had uh, basically like war games. It was like Hunger Games out there in between the games. And, and uh, our team was locked in, man. With Hoover, you know, they pretty much they pretty much did what I said, and, and we went and got water balloons and and, and were attacking. Uh, all the other teams with the water balloons, and uh, that was fun times. Anytime me and my guys get together, we, we still talk about that. So it's it's funny, you know. You would think that it was something that happened on the court, but that's just how close of a group we were. That memories like that, you know, off the court, just being together, is what really stand out the most to me. That's awesome. All right, so you're at Hoover, right? And all of a sudden you went from, you said you were playing soccer and basketball, and then kind of at 16 you kind of focused on basketball. And all of a sudden, you know, you're starting to get recruited. You're starting to get looks. So, you know, why Pepperdine? Well, yeah, that came down to uh, four different colleges. Utah, there was Rick Majerus, uh, San Diego, Coach Brad Holland. Uh, Loyola Marymount, LMU, and then uh, Pepperdine. And it kind of ended up being a process of elimination. Um, Utah ended up signing a guy named Andre Miller, and uh, he was a year before me, ended up having like a 15-year NBA career, just a great point guard yeah. out, of, out, of Verbum, out of Verbum Day in, uh, in L.A., and he was uh, there was an issue with his grades, so they weren't sure that he, he was gonna he was gonna have the grades. And back then, you could do the Prop 48 type deal, where you sit out 
And so I was I was real close to to signing with Utah. You know, they had Keith Van Horn. Mm-hmm. Last minute, you know, uh, Andre got the grades, and so uh, Coach Majerus and, and 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 Donnie Daniels, you know, reached out said, "Hey, uh, you know, we're gonna go with this guy." So that option was gone. And then uh, LMU, I went on my trip and had a great time out there. It was my first time on a, on a plane. Flew out to LA. Did Venice Beach, went out to some some, some clubs, and and did the whole LA thing. And I, hey, be careful! You know, you know your wife's gonna be listening to this, so we don't hey, want to. Get... You know what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, nah, yeah, I already, already signed the, the NDA. Man. <laughs> I'm good, and and I was close to signing there, but I hadn't I had taken all my visits, and and I wanted to take all my visits. And the coach there, John Olive, ended up giving me an ultimatum, like, hey, you know, we have a scholarship here ready for you. Uh, you know, I need to know the game. And I wasn't ready to make that decision, even though I was really leaning towards it because I love the visit. But like I said, I wanted to, 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 to take all my visits. And they ended up taking that last scholarship and giving it to a 6'11 guy, 6'11 athlete. So, I mean, I couldn't be mad at it. So that scholarship was off the table. Then I went to uh, San Diego, had a great visit there. And but when I went to Pepperdine, um, it, it was just something that clicked with those guys that was there. They don't, we only had one senior, one returning senior that that would have been there my my freshman year. So I knew all the players that that I had met on the recruiting trip and and uh, had jail with were gonna be there for for a couple years. And so that that was uh, the reason why I decided to go to Pepperdine. And I, I loved what, what I was hearing from the coaches. I thought that I'd be able to step in and have an immediate role. And then more than anything, I knew that I'd be able to build something, you know, with the guys that were going to be there for a couple of years. And uh, that's what we ended up doing. Malibu is not a bad place to spend your college years at either, though. Malibu is not, not a tough consolation at all. <laughs> Provo, Utah, or <laughs> or, <laughs> or Malibu, California. Yeah, right? it's not yeah, a yeah. that's not a bad not a bad choice. All right, so you go to Pepperdine, your freshman year, right? It's not I imagine it's not the freshman year you imagine. You have your head coach, right? Like talk about that. What happened with your head coach and just about your freshman uh, year? Yeah, well, you know, the coach uh, is Tony Fuller. You know, he had a, uh, you know, he came on, on on a home visit and you know sat in the, sat in my, my mom's living room and you know promised my mom just like all the coaches did, hey, we're gonna take care of your son and you know he'll be here, get a degree, we'll be with them and and, and and this and that. And then you know I go to Pepperdine and uh, we're playing we're playing Steve Nash, they're Santa Clara, they're ranked 24th in the in the nation at the time. Steve Nash is a he's all American senior point guard and we're at the shoot around and uh you know three hours before the game, you know, uh right after shoot around, coach comes into the locker room and tells us that he's stepping down. Our head coach tells us that he's that he's gonna quit and uh yeah, he, he has some family situations going on and, and that effective immediately he was no longer gonna gonna be the coach. I definitely wasn't expecting something like that to happen. And uh, we ended up 
having just a very tough, tough year. You know, there was a there was a leadership void, and you know, a lot of people d- didn't know, you know, what their roles were, and and the coaching staff had gotten shaken up, and so uh, yeah, we ended up having our assistant coach be the interim for the rest of that year and it was a real tough year for us it was a real tough year for us me personally uh experiencing as much success that i did in high school and then coming into a situation like that where where there's there's really just a lack of uh of direction and so that was the first of many uh ups and downs you know that happened that happened in college all right so your sophomore year they hire this guy Lorenzo Romar. Right. What is it like playing for him? And then did you, you know, nowadays it seems like everyone enter, enter at least especially this year, everyone's entering the transfer portal. Um, I know it was different back then, but was there ever a thought process of maybe Pepperdine isn't the place for me? Not in my head, no. I Like I said, I had a – I had decided that I wanted to go to Pepperdine and get my degree from Pepperdine. And uh, for for the reasons that I stated earlier, you know, all the people there that I met, obviously you touched on a little bit of Malibu being being out there. And, you know, it's only three hours from home. Um, so I knew I had found found the place that I wanted to be. And, and I chose to be there for, for the guys that that were there on my recruit trip. Um, so Lorenzo uh, Romar, you know, he wasn't a part of that decision. So I, I, it didn't matter who came in after the fact. My mind was already made up that this is where I was going to be, and uh, this is where I wanted to grow my game and uh, experience those those years going into you know full adulthood. So for me, no, um, I, I never thought about transferring. Um, but being that you know a, a new coach comes in is kind of just like a CEO taking over. A, you know, Fortune 500 company. You you want to surround yourself with with guys that you brought in and guys that you know. And, and, and on the college stage, you want to bring bring in players that you recruited and that you have a bond with. And so, I wasn't one of his guys, um, along with a handful of other players. So he came in like like a lot of like a lot of coaches would do and, and clean house. And uh, you know, I I. I think initially I was on that list of guys that, you know, he wanted to replace with some of his guys, you know, big time recruiter that came from UCLA. They had just won the national championship the previous year, the previous year. And so, um, you know, he came in, and, you know, he had a lot of guys on his, on his, on his speed dial that he could bring in. And, and he definitely did that. But for me, um, yeah, I, like I said, I dug in and, you know, I, once I had already made up my mind that that's what, that's where I wanted to be. That was my, my position. And so, um, you know, we, we, we actually bumped heads, um, you know, because of that. And, and as a kid, I'm not really knowing the whole politics behind it. You know, I can, I can articulate it now on what his mentality probably probably was but back then I didn't understand I'm like hey I decided to come here so I'm gonna be here and uh you know but you know as far as the good and the bad of it the guy's an awesome recruiter a great orator 
he can he can talk and uh and sell um and and the accolades speak for himself you know he, he coached that he went on to coach at washington and st louis and had a bunch of guys that that uh ended up going to the NBA. So he brought a he brought a definitely level of expectation um that wasn't there prior. And so we we were able to 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 get some great talent in during the years and I played with McDonald's All Americans and like I said guys that uh that ended up playing pro. Um but yeah it wasn't all it wasn't all peaches and cream. You know, for for me, uh, but I wouldn't change it because it 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 obviously, you know, mold molded me into the to the person that I became, and and I think playing for him and and having those experiences uh, prepared me for the role that I'm in now. No, definitely, definitely. All right, so you're there. Lorenzo Omar is there for three years, and then all of a sudden you get another coaching change. Talk about that. <laughs> this time it's so, your senior uh, year. Now it's my senior years. It's just three years that he was there. One of those years I redshirted, so I only played for him for two years. Uh, one of those years, I, you know, I sat out the entire year. I had an injury, um, but he he ended up getting a job offered to St. Louis, and uh, he took the job and he left. And uh, a new guy, Jan Van Bredikoff, came in. And Van, Van Bredikoff, for those who don't know, his dad. Bush Van Bredikoff is a legendary NBA coach. He coached the Lakers, and he's he's uh, actually the only person on record, coach on record, credited with benching Wilt Chamberlain. So oh, that's the that's oh, wow. the that's yeah. So that's <laughs> the type of that's the type of uh, coaching, you know, coaching legacy that that his dad set up. And so Van Bredikoff Jam was a uh, was an awesome coach. A coach's coach uh, knew the game inside and out, knew the X's and O's, but he was huge on relationships and really tapping into the to the core of the of the kid and connecting with uh, you know having a kid understand his purpose and and his why, and it just meshed. You know, I was a thinker, critical thinker, and to have a coach come in, you know, who was on that type of uh, wavelength. You know, I loved it. I flourished, and uh, you know, he came in. He had his, he had his uh, initial meetings with each player, and each one was used about thirty minutes with with each of the players. My meeting with him, my first meeting was over two hours, and we, I sat in his office, and uh, I couldn't believe it. That's that's what I needed. That's what I needed. Uh, you know, a guy who was going to try to, you know, push you outside of basketball and, and, and connect basketball with life goals and all of those things. And so from, from day one, he gave me the keys to the car, so to speak, as the point guard. And I, and I definitely gassed that car up and ran with it. Oh, no, definitely. And so I got to, we're going to talk about something before we go in about your guys' amazing run your senior year, but, you're in the West Coast Conference, you're at Pepperdine, but there's another guard who's at Santa Clara that you grew up playing against in high school, and now you're playing against him in college. Talk about what it is like you know, playing against Nathan Fast, somebody you knew so well playing against in high school, and now you're playing against him in college. 
Oh yeah, yeah, Nathan. That was that was great to have two kids from Fresno um, enter into enter into college in the same league um, at the same time. And uh, you know, we had different roles though. You know, I was a point guard. He he was a shooting guard, so we didn't match up a whole lot in college. But but just knowing that there was another guy from from back home in a similar situation, trying to figure it out. You know, we talked. You know, we talked a little bit. And we definitely followed one another, and, and it was always mutual respect there. Um, you know, we we won some, they won some, uh, but no, we 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 followed each other kind of from a distance, and and always rooted for another for for each other. There was another freshman that was at San Diego, named Brock Jacobson, who me and him played on the same uh, AAU team together for a little bit. So there was also that connection. So all the freshmen that came in in 95, you know, had a bond, and we all kind of rooted for each other, pulled for each other. Um, we all had pretty decent freshman years, but our paths, you know, were, were all a little bit different, you know, based on the type of experiences that we had with the different coaches that we played with. You know, um, Nathan played for just the one coach at Santa Clara, uh, Dick Davey, so he had, he had a lot more consistency there. Um, my story was a little different, but, uh, no, Nathan, Nathan's, Nathan's just a cool guy for anybody that knows Nathan. He's a, he's a very humble, humble guy. And you know, I was always happy to see him do well. And I know it was vice versa as far as him checking me out. All right. So your senior year, right? You guys come off a season where you had coach Romar, you guys were 19 and 13. You, you were right there on the cusp of winning the West coast conference right you guys finished second now all of a sudden your senior year you got a new head coach you guys go 12 and 2 and you win the west coast conference regular season championship talk about that well yeah like uh like i said to to, to romar's credit he you know he he, he elevated the program he restored uh, the winning mentality he brought in a lot of talent to Pepperdine, so that was the impetus for, for starting uh, the turnaround at Pepperdine. We ended up going to the NIT. We didn't have any post game. We didn't do any. We didn't. We didn't achieve any post game success or get invited to any tournaments. My first two years there at, at Pepperdine, but then um, my junior year after I redshirted. That, that third year Romar was there, we did go 19-13, like you said, we went to the NIT, so we were able to, to experience some postseason success. And it was something that he had been preaching from day one. Um, so he started the ball rolling, and uh, there were still some holdovers from, from the old regime. Um, Kelvin Gibbs was brought in by by the, the former coach, Tony Fuller. He was a junior on that 99-2000 uh, team that you're talking about my senior year that ended up going 12-2. and two. Uh, We had him. We had uh, Nick Shepard, who, who had came in from LSU, and then Tommy Prince, who played at Cal State Dominguez, or played at uh, Compton Dominguez, and won a national championship there with Kenny Bruner and Tayshawn Prince's brother and, and those guys. And then... Uh, we had a Brandon Armstrong, who was who was a guy out of a, a kid out of Vallejo, 
uh, who was a baller who ended up getting drafted first round. It's funny they were there were four lefties. I, so I played. It was the only time I've ever played with four lefties, and we, we started four lefties and myself. Um, but that senior year, like I said, Van Bredekop came in with a with a different mindset, and and from day one, you know, me and him clicked, and uh, you know, like I said, he gave me the keys to the car, and and I was able to really, you know, put my stamp on on, on the team from a leadership standpoint, and it was really the first time in college. That I felt like I was able to to be back in that role of being the leader and having the ball in my hand and, and making crucial decisions, and uh, yeah, we did, we put it all together. We were a senior laden team, and and we went on a, a nice little run. I think we finished twenty five and nine, uh, set all types of team records, uh, points, defensive efficiencies. No, uh, no, no. I definitely had a breakout year. The team had huge success, uh, and it was just a fun time. Wish we could have started that type of run a little bit earlier, but uh, it's never too late. Hey, Tizel, before we uh, before we jump into that that postseason run that you guys made earlier in that season, you you guys got you didn't you come in to come back to Fresno and play too? I, well, I did, man. Thanks for bringing that up. That's always a great memory. Uh, Prior, prior to prior to, to signing at Pepperdine, it was funny because Pepperdine had played Fresno State those two years when my junior and senior year in, in high school. And so that that was part of putting the nail in the coffin as far as me deciding to go to Pepperdine because I knew that um, I'd be able to play Fresno State for, for all my years in, in, in college, or at least that's what I thought. And I didn't know that it was it was something that the coaches have to decide beforehand, and and you do home and ways, and you guys do little gentleman agreements. Hey, we'll play here this year and play at your place next year. Well, all of that stopped, and I didn't know. So my freshman year, we didn't Fresno State wasn't on the schedule. My sophomore year, Fresno State wasn't on the schedule. Junior year, Fresno State wasn't on the schedule. Uh, but then when Van Bredekoff came in, that was another thing that, that he did, knowing that I'm from Fresno, he put in the call to schedule Fresno for that next year. Oh, so he did uh, that so for it, you. It, you know, I I'd, I'd like to I'd like to think he did, but yeah. I don't know. Hey, we're gonna say he did. <laughs> yeah. We're saying he did it. <laughs> we'll say he did. And so uh we ended up coming back. I ended up coming back home. My first time playing against Fresno State. We played a selling arena. This is before the Save Mark Center was built uh yeah a couple of buddies on the team back home Michi uh, Demetrius Porter was, was a point guard uh I knew, knew all them guys from from playing in the summer you know they were stacked you know tart it was, it was in Fresno State's heyday and uh you know I had 50 to 70 friends and family there in, in the stands you know all the all my teammates gave me their tickets and uh we went in there came down to the buzzer and yeah, man, he ended up hitting the game winner that Melvin Eli goaltended. And so, you know, I always teasing him and Larry Abney and all the guys. <laughs> I thought if he wouldn't go, if he wouldn't goaltend, he would have win it anyway. So <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a great situation, man. Preseason, uh, you know, the, my, my team lifted me up and we, we celebrated 
So it was it was a great uh, return home. That's awesome, man. That's a that's, that's a, a great story. That's a really cool story. Yeah. All right. So before we uh, before we jump into this, you know, your little your little postseason run here, I got a, I pulled some audio here that I want to I want to play real quick. So let's just take a listen to this. It's about one minute. So here we go. Shot clock has been turned off. Another early exit for Indiana. And Pepperdine will ride the wave into the second round. A surprise here in Buffalo. The 11th seeded waves have knocked off. Sixth seeded Indiana, 77 to 57 the final. Chad Van Bredikoff's team advances on to the second round where they will meet third-seeded Oklahoma State. Got a victory over Hofstra earlier. Seton Hall moves on with a win over Oregon and Temple knocked off Lafayette earlier today. Our Chevrolet players of the game, Brandon Armstrong, 22 points, 18 in the first half. Kyle Hornsby, 15 points for Indiana. That'll do it from Buffalo for Jim Spinarco. Dwayne Vallon. This is Ian Eagle, 77 to 57. Pepperdine wins it over Indiana. To New York we go, and Greg Gumbel. All right, Ian. So the Indiana Hoosiers, sixth seed in the East, the highest seed to lose in the tournament in the two days thus far. The highest seed in the tournament to lose so far. Man, you guys did work that day. We did, man. We 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 definitely did. Uh, Indiana, you know. Coached by the legendary Bobby Knight. It's funny, I like to say that I sent him into retirement. <laughs> that was his last game of coaching at, at Indiana. So uh, we had fun with that. But no, it, it was uh no, it was an honor to play against against him and, and to be in the tournament, playing that atmosphere. You know, they had they had a couple All Americans on the team. Jared Jeffries played on that team. He ended up playing in the league for for a while. AJ Guyton was all American point guard playing uh for indiana it, it looked like blue chips man they came out with those those peppermint uh those peppermint pants <laughs> warm up pants and uh I, it was awesome we were we were definitely up for the challenge um and again credit to to coach van bredikoff for having us prepared having us believing and, and we went out there and, and beat them by 20 Beat him by 20, man. Uh, my guy Brandon Armstrong, as you heard, had 22. Um, I just, I just did my thing, man. Defensively, Bob, uh, AJ Guyton was averaging 20, 21 heading into that game, and we, we held him to I think three points. He scored three points that game. Uh, you know, I had 12 assists, and 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 things were just clicking. You know, you asked what was the, my favorite memory in high school. And it's kind of hard to just pinpoint one on the basketball court. But in college, that's definitely it. That was definitely it. That was the pinnacle for us. Yeah, that's a big-time win, man. I mean, you, know, you go into the NCAA tournament and you blow out, you know, it's one thing to get the upset win, but to go in and get the upset win and blow them out by 20 points, I mean, that's a that's an incredible statement win right there. So, yeah, that's a – I got to imagine that was that was the highlight right there. I mean, that's just really cool. It was. It, it was huge, and and then to do it against the the team with the pedigree that they had and the, and the Hall of Fame coaching credentials that Bobby Knight had, 
um, it, it just made it all surreal. And even into the post, even into the post game conference, you know, you're sitting up there and on the ESPN, ESPN stage, and you have the NCAA, you know, background and the CBS microphones on the stage. You know, it was big time for us. And uh, to see Bobby Knight in rare form in the post game interview, it, it was something that you like, like you said, you see on TV. Uh, one of the one of the younger reporters in the background yelled out a question about, um, you know, hey, Coach Knight, you know, do you think that, you know, you guys just overlooked this this Pepperdine team because, you know, they were little known and, and from the from a smaller conference and kind of just downplayed us uh, on the win. And, and Coach Knight just lit into him, man, lit into him, ripped him. And to even see that, we were all looking at each other. Me, Brandon, Tommy Prince, and we were sitting up there on the uh, on, on the stage, ready to answer questions, and to see him rip into a guy like that. But the stuff he said, he just he gave us our our respect. And uh, I mean, he told the guy the way Pepperdine played and was prepared for this game. You know, we we could have played them ten times, and it wouldn't matter where they beat us. Uh, 10 times, but he was obviously a little bit more colorful in the language that he used. <laughs> um, but from that, from that moment, you know, I had, I had a new level of respect for Coach Knight for, for saying that and feeling that way and saying that uh, with us there based on, you know, what he seemed to do on the court. So your next game, you guys go against Hall of, you know, Hall of Famer. We're talking about that today, Saturday, Eddie Sutton going into the Hall of Fame. But um, yeah. you guys lose a tough, tough matchup to Oklahoma State. They had Desmond Mason. You have uh, Doug Gottlieb. You know, you have yeah. those type of guys. But, like, you just out here, you know, you had, what, like, I think 14, 15 assists that game as well. Like, you're just absolutely just finding and diming your teammates. That was, a, that was another game, man. Right, Eddie Sutton, me being a student of the game, I knew exactly who, who Eddie Sutton was, Hall of, Hall of Fame coach, another Hall of Famer. You know, they had three guys that either had a cup of coffee in the NBA or, or actually played in the, in the NBA, Desmond Mason being one of them. You know, he was, uh, I believe, a dunk champion. Yep. Uh, and then you had Doug Gottlieb. You had uh, Joe Atkins, who, who was a, uh, a shooting guard. He was a uh, honorable mention All-American you know, in high school, and then you had uh, you had Frederick Johnson, who's a six nine guy who played overseas for like twelve years. That was a really talented team, and we took him down to the wire. Um, but yeah, yeah, you know, after the twelve since after the twelve since game against uh, Indiana, oh yeah, I was I was really you know in my bag, and my, my assistant coaches were were talking to me about, hey, man, you know, you're on the radar. And, you know, we're playing against Doug Gottlieb, who was actually the nation's leader in assists that year. And I played against him in high school. We came out the same year. He's from Orange County. And he put, he was teammates with my shooting guard at Pepperdine, David Lalazarian. We call him Lala. So they were teammates in, in, in high school. You know, basketball, man, it's a small fraternity, man. You know, I got, I got stories. It's really six degrees of separation with all this stuff and uh you know there's a whole lot of hoopla about Doug Gottlieb being the you know nation's assist leader and this and that so I definitely want to prove a point 
uh, in that game. And, you know, my guys were knocking down shots. And, um, but, you know, we came up we came up short. We didn't get the win, but we things started to click. And, and I think that was one of the first times where, where I really could see myself, you know, playing on, on the next level. I uh, was hopeful for, for an NBA uh, look. But just being on that stage, playing against those guys uh, and, and putting up the types of numbers that we did and, and I did personally, um, it just catapulted, catapulted me for, a, for for my pro career right after that. No, like looking up the stats, you know, you had 14 assists. It says 14 assists. You only had two turnovers, which is absolutely amazing. Godlieb only had nine assists, but the man turned the ball over, turned the ball over five times. <laughs> I was, I was in him. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no, were. You know, as a point guard, man, that's the, and that's the stuff that I that I talk to to my point guards about here is is this, things like assist to turnover ratio. And uh, you know, I was I was on that early, man. I was on that early being a student of the game, and and I'm glad you brought that up uh, because those are the little things that that separates you, that separate a good player from a great player, even even understanding that and knowing how important taking care of the ball is. You know, everybody wants to come in and get 20, uh, but that's not everybody's role. You know, and as a point guard, if you, if you can lock up and, 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 and impact the game defensively, keep the other point guard from, from uh, running their team effectively, and then on, on your side, facilitate, lead your team, run the team effectively, I mean, that's that's what that's what college coaches are looking for, and so I know that you know because I've done that. So that's that's what I preach and that's what I teach. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, coach, what uh you know you got that disappointing in there. You lose you guys bounce out there against Oklahoma State, but uh what what happens after that? What you know you, you don't you you finish your career at Pepperdine. And uh, where do we go from there? Well, yeah, so we we, uh, we finished we finished the season, you know. Then after that, you know, you have the uh, you have your hardware season where we're, we're getting the, the accolades and so getting a little bit of the recognition and that gets your buzz going. And so uh, you know, we had we ended up having four guys on that Pepperdine team make all league WCC. Um, we had a couple guys that make all district for the West Coast, um, all league teams. Um, coach was a uh, coach of the year in the WCC. So you know you you have that and you kind of just ride that, you ride that buzz. And I being that I was in LA already, you know, in Southern California at Pepperdine, I was able to play in a pro am. You know, summer pro league, which is which is huge. It's not like it is now, where it's just like in, at Vegas. It it, it the, the the program was literally right in our backyard in L.A. And uh, we were playing at the Forum, and then we we ended up playing at the at the Pyramid in Long Beach. So that was my first stint at playing against professionals, and we ended up winning the uh the summer pro league in the open division team that i played for we had willie farley was our two guard 
and we had a couple other guys, but we we played we played uh, against Penny Hardaway was out there, Bo Outlaw, uh, Lamarcus Golden, Damon Jones, who played in the league. Derek Strong was one of the big. So we were actually playing against pros, and we won the whole t- the whole thing. Uh, in the semis, we played against my buddy Mike Pemberton, who I played <laughs> with in high school. He was a shooting guard. He lit us up. But uh, we, we beat his team uh, along the way of winning the the, uh, the Pro-Am championship. And then from there, you know, I was able to get some game tape. And uh, a scout saw some of the games. And I got an invite to play in, in, in the, the D League. It was a, a startup. It's now known as the G League. But it was the uh, NBA Developmental League, and uh, I was able to go out there meet some people. That led to a tryout in the in the USBL, which is a, which is the Summer Pro League, and then from there I was able to got the attention of a scout. And I'm kind of fast forward in it, but it, it's really just a direct lineage from that team out in the USBL. I was able to get an offer. To go play overseas and then ended up playing, you know, eight, nine years overseas. That's awesome. What was your, um, out of all the countries, places you played at overseas, what was your uh, favorite place? That's another tough one. <laughs> a, lot of those, a lot of those t- countries are like my, my adopted homes. Um, I'll say, I'll say this. I didn't, I didn't, I did not have a bad experience in any country that I played in. Um, the first country probably might be, you know, the nearest and dearest because it was my first time touching foreign soil, um, and that was Belgium. I played in the in the capital city of Antwerp, um, and still have relationships with with uh, with players that I met over there, and that was, you know, twenty years ago. That's awesome. Belgium, yeah, Belgium was great. My son, he was one years old. He came out there, but I played in Turkey. That was awesome. Played in Poland. Played in Hungary. I played in Holland. Played in Sweden. I had a year in Stockholm, Sweden, and you know, no, I have an, I have a strong affinity for all of those countries. If, uh, yeah, not to sound wishy-washy, but you know, it's hard to put one over the other. Probably lean towards Belgium just because that was the, my first time over there, and I, I just really soaked it all in, and you know, all the different culture that they have and the different landmarks. All those countries are a great experience. So, though, I gotta say that uh, as a you know, going through your twenties, that sounds like a pretty great way to. <laughs> To, to you know spend your 20s just traveling over in europe and overseas and all that it seems pretty great oh yeah definitely very great it's funny i tell the story you know uh yeah i'm 23 over there and you know, my buddies that i that i grew up with they're at home and, and most of them are you know working and they're telling me back then you know you, you didn't have smartphones so i i spent hours in the in the internet cafes and, and doing the aol dial-up and talking to my buddies back home, my family back home, and it was the first time I had heard the term TGIF. <laughs> and I really didn't know what that meant, and you know, they're they're in the work world, 
and oh man, TGIF. And for me, you know, every day was a Friday. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm overseas. I'm, it's the life of a rock star. You know, you lift weights and shoot around in the morning for an hour. You practice in the, in the afternoon for two hours, and that's your work day. And then you play two games a week. Um, you know, unless you're playing in the, in the Euro Cup or something, and, and you, not, you might play three games a week. But that's your that's your life. That's your day, and you're getting paid to do it. You know, you're getting paid to, to do something you would do for free, something you've done for free your entire life, something you would still do for free, and to get paid to do it. Like you said, and it being in your 20s, man, yeah, blessed. Blessed is the word. No, yeah, Noel, when we had Noel Felix on, Noel talked about, you know, he's um, getting paid to travel the world, you know, like getting paid to go see all these different cities, all these different countries. So that's, yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, You hear, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Tizel. No, no, just just, just to echo that. And so now being, being a coach, knowing what's on the other side, being a kid from Fresno, being able to experience all them things, and, and I wasn't, really anything exceptional you know i wasn't six eight with a 40 inch vertical i was six one one 165 170 soaking wet and to be able to work and put some things together and uh and and accomplish those things that's what i see for for a lot of the kids that that i have now these these guys are talented and they have that right there at their fingertips and it's just crazy as a coach, you see it. You can see on the other side, and a lot of times the kids can't see the forest, you know, behind the trees. And and you just, you know, you just push, you push, you push because you want them to experience that. And that's where I'm at now. So not to cut you off. No, yeah, no. And so you always hear though, you always hear those stories about guys playing overseas where. The teams don't pay you on time. Did you ever have any uh, of those issues? I did one time. Uh, yeah, because all those teams, they work off sponsorships. Unless you, you, you luck up and you get with a team who has an owner who's who's a millionaire, right? Then the money's never an issue because it's a privately owned team by one person and their pockets are deep. But most of those teams have uh you know they have corporate sponsorships and there's something if, if that if that corporate corporation isn't hitting their bottom line then obviously it can affect the money and i did have that happen one time out of the uh out of the nine years that i was over there and we were late one month <laughs> and we, we were about to go on strike <laughs> we were about to go on strike um but right before you know that happened you know they 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 came up with the money and literally walked in with envelopes and, and, and stacks of cat or stacks of euros back then we were getting paid in euros and you know you take it to the bank and transfer it over so i didn't have any any real horror stories where i'm paying playing for months at a time and and not getting paid and but i've heard it i've heard i've heard a lot of those horror stories so they are true you just gotta you know, hopefully you get in the right situation where where, where the uh, the sponsorships are, are, are good and money isn't an issue. And fortunately for me, you know, that was the case for the majority of my career over there. Now, did you have a, an agent that put you in the 
you know, in, in good positions like that where you where that wasn't an issue? Well, like I said, all the issues that I had, you know, were pretty solid. And, and I was my own agent for the majority of my time over there. So going back to my first stint playing overseas, I was playing in the USBL. I was in Brevard County, Florida, you know, right outside of uh, Orlando, Florida. I'm playing in the USBL. And uh, who was uh, Horace Grant's brother, Horace Grant, uh, play with Jordan and then his, he has a twin brother Harvey Grant he was our head coach Dennis Scott was our general manager artist Gilmore was the vice president if anyone knows our artist Gilmore I'm sure you're listening Chicago to Bulls Chicago Bulls San Antonio Spurs uh, he's he's off 7-3 big man yeah big man Donald Royal played in the league forever from out in Orlando he was our assistant coach so USBL was just full of guys who, uh, you know, had NBA credentials, and that's the team I'm playing on. And uh, we had a we had a, a a foreign foreign guy on our team from Ukraine. It's my this my brother to this day. We actually talked a couple weeks ago. Bogdan Bogdan Karabin. He's from uh, Ukraine, and his dad his dad Boris straight Russian. Boris, <laughs> he he comes out to visit him uh, and do Disney World and all that, and and he comes out with uh, with another buddy of his, and they're really just there to watch their son, you know, play and have a, have a have a good time at Disney World or whatever. That day they came out, we happened to have a uh, a full fledged scrimmage in practice, refs and everything, and. I'm the type of guy I always I always play like I practice. You know, I practice hard. Some guys, some guys don't. And so we had the scrimmage and I and I killed. I went to work. And this just in practice. Well, the uh Boris, not only was he his his dad, my teammate's dad, but he was a uh a scout for for Europe and no one knew. So he's there watching us scrimmage in practice and sends his son down to my room and uh his son starts telling me, Hey, my dad saw you and and prior to that, me and me and his son didn't have real much of a relationship. He starts telling me, Hey, my dad says you can play overseas. I'm thinking he's pulling my leg. What, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, he likes you. I'm like, What do you mean? He haven't even seen this play. He's like, No, he was at the scrimmage today. And so from there, I go and talk to his dad. His dad's serious. Like, well, I can get you a job right now with your gang. Do you have a passport? I, I hadn't even thought of a passport. What do I need a passport for? You can't you can't go to can't go to the year without a passport. I'm from Fresno. What do I know about passports? <laughs> I said, well, if you're serious, you know, let's make it happen. So, gave me the information to get a passport. You know, reached out to San Francisco, got one expedited. And uh, I didn't have an agent. I negotiated my first contract uh, over the phone in Belgium. And uh, next thing I knew, I, I was heading out to Belgium, man, to, to start my professional career. And, uh, and and it goes back just to, to the mindset and work, work ethic, right, not cheating the game. It, it, every day is an opportunity bunch of cliche stuff that, that 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 I tell my players but it's it's really my life story 
That is awesome. That is awesome. I didn't know Tazel Archer was an agent either. <laughs> Did not know that. Hey, no, hey, I been at Pepperdine Education. I'm not an account, read a contract. So no, I literally, I literally, you know, negotiated my first, my first couple of contracts, and uh, it's funny, man, reading those contracts, and, and you negotiate everything. Satellite, I want satellite television in my room. <laughs> I want, I want, you know, four plane tickets round trip. Uh, I want a microwave. Sometimes you have to negotiate having a microwave in your contract. Oh wow. It's cr- yeah, yeah, and so stuff like that. It, 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 man, it was fun. It was fun. Learned a whole lot. Wore a bunch of different hats. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, the work ethic, the God-given talent, um, and just you know the confidence that was instilled in me as a youngster. You know, from my mom, my grandfather, my family, um, faith. Just, just, just carried me. Like, like, you know, Noel said, you know, all across the world. So how, how, um, how are your negotiation skills now with the wife? Are they still that good or are we not as? Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I just go by the, by the, by the, by the creed, um, happy, happy wife, happy life. That's the one. Yep. That's the one everyone goes by when they're married. Happy wife, happy life. Now we're figuring out his happy spouse, happy house. <laughs> yeah, I learned that one. Man. You gotta, you gotta, dad got to get something too. So, uh, nah, she she's been with me for the long haul, man. She started. She went to Hoover. My wife went to Hoover as well. You know, we started dating in in college. So she she she's watched me grow, um, and been a huge part of of my growth. And just being very patient with me, and, and and has loved me unconditionally uh, through it all. And now she's the team mom here at Hoover, and you know, I I have the kids over, I have my players over, I have our coaches over. You know, we we, we throw barbecue, pizza parties, and swim parties in the backyard. And she uh she, she quarterbacks all of that stuff. She she's the marketing. She's the marketing behind uh, all the Hoover posts that you see. She's uh, she's big on on social media. I'm not I'm not too big on that. I, you know, I have a Facebook. That's it. I, <laughs> I've never put out a tweet in my life, and so I, I'm just starting to get familiar with the IG. And so, uh, nah, she she's the team mom. She's the you know, the surrogate mom. She uh, makes sure that I that I have my clipboard. <laughs> You know, without her, I'd be lost. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely trust me. I definitely know the feeling. You know how that is. <laughs> All right, so you're done playing basketball, right? And you didn't jump right into coaching. I know. You know, you have kids. You have. You know, what made you all of a sudden decide, like, hey, let me go. Let me start this coaching gig. Well, well, like you said, yeah, I didn't. I didn't jump right into coaching. Um, I was 32 when I retired from, 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 from playing basketball. And my son, my oldest son was about eight, was about eight years old. And I just kind of realized that, uh, I, I had missed so much of those formative, formative years, you know, they come out and visit, 
yeah. one of the years, one of the years they actually came out and lived with me in Hungary. My second year playing in Hungary, my uh, my oldest son started. He actually started kindergarten in Europe. His first time in school was in Europe. Wow. And he was getting taught in Hungarian, and uh, he was out there. They were out there for a couple of months, and my wife just got super homesick. Homesick. She didn't want to learn how to drive a, a manual, a stick shift car, <laughs> all the luxuries of, of the U.S. She she uh she couldn't go without, and so she was just really homesick, missed the, missed the family. So they came back home, but they they visited pretty much every country I went to. But I was missing so much time. You know, you're over yeah. here nine ten out of the year, and then you're only home for two months in the summer. And my son's just getting bigger and bigger, and you know, his, his mind's expanding. And so when I retired, I decided that I wanted to, whatever job I was going to get, it was going to be conducive to me being able to be with my son 24-7 for everything. I mean, picking him up, taking mm-hmm. him to school, picking him up, taking him to practices, shooting grasses with him, playing catch, whatever the case may be. I even bought him some, some, some uh, I even bought him a, a golf set. We are out there hitting golf balls. Uh, and so I, I had those types of jobs. I, I ended up utilizing my degree and, and, and I was doing some marketing. I worked at a call center. I was a, a manager and this associate site director at, at this call center here, here in Fresno. And that's where I actually learned a lot of my managerial skills that I transferred over to the coaching world. But so, so, so for those, uh, those first, you know, nine years out of retirement, I was able to just be there every day for my son. And then when he became a senior and he started driving and he's like, dad, I'm cool. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't need you to pick me up. And now he's driving. <laughs> and it's like, man, you know, all the little pep talks that I was able to give him on the way to and from, you know, he didn't really have time for that because he, he's starting to become a little young man himself. And so I was like, okay, the need for me to be there every day to push him isn't there anymore. And I had got a, uh, it's funny because I had deactivated my Facebook page. This was two years ago. I was still working. Uh, I was working for, for the Yellow Pages. We were marketing and advertising for YP.com, yellowpages.com. I've been doing that for about four or five years, making real good money. And I got a, a text message from a guy that I went to school with in, in high school. We hadn't talked since our last school reunion, high school reunion. And it was a screenshot of a post for Hoover basketball, the head coaching position. This was two years ago. Like I said, I, I got a screenshot because I wasn't on Facebook, so I didn't see the post. He sends me this, and he was like, Gee, this is yours. Go get it. I hadn't talked to this guy in almost 10 years. And uh, I showed my wife and she she uh, she said, oh, you got to call Tim. Tim is Tim, Tim Carey's athletic director at Hoover. Well, back when we were in school, he was the trainer, yep. he was the head trainer. I've been knowing Tim 30 <laughs> years. And so. I was like, ah, you know, and, and all along I've been hemming and hawing about, you know, maybe trying to get into coaching, but there was nothing there tangible that I was looking into. She she hits Tim up 
on Facebook and tells him, hey, you know, T's interested without me even knowing. <laughs> job. <laughs> the coach's job. Ten minutes later, my phone rings. It's 10. And he's like, hey, what's up, man? You interested? I'm like, I didn't even know you guys had this conversation, Tim. But now that I'm on the phone with him, right, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't just back out. So I say, yeah, you know, tell me a little bit more about it. And uh, we met and we talked. And uh, it's, 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 it was sounding interesting. It was definitely sounding interesting, but I, I didn't know. You know, no coaching experience. I hadn't coached anywhere. And uh, what it was was after he told me that, and it's funny, he was like, I need to know, you know, the uh, it, it closes in like five days. What? Uh, you know, it was last minute. So what I ended up doing was uh, sending out a quick little letter to, to guys that I respect, you know, in, in, in the basketball world, my basketball family, Coach Van Bredekoff being one of them, Coach Moore, Coach Sharkey. Another uh, another coach that I played for overseas, and then a couple of players that I played with that are now in, in in the coaching world after playing, having a long playing career themselves. One of them being uh, Gerald Brown, who's who's an assistant at Pepperdine. He was he was he was my two guard there and played in the league, played overseas a bunch of years. So I, I sent out the same kind of, hey, there's a there's a job open at my alma mater. Uh, thinking about going for it. Wanted to get your thoughts. What do you guys, what do you think? Copy and paste it, sent the whole little text out to each one individually. From the responses that I got from them is what made me do it. I was like, there's no way I can't go for this based on what I'm hearing from them. And you know, I've never asked those questions of anybody. What do you guys think of my game? Right, you know, I know what I think of my game, but I wasn't having those types of conversations, but the responses that I got from those guys, oh man, it was like, no, there's no way I can't do this. I didn't, it, I, it was stuff I was reading that I didn't even know about myself that I didn't see in myself that propelled me um, to go for the job. And so I went for it. It was a, uh, and in the back of my mind, I'm not going to lie, I, I, I was hoping they'd maybe just roll the red carpet out. Oh, you know, one of our very own is coming out for the time. We'll <laughs> <laughs> slide you in the back door. No, it, it was nothing like that. I mean, three three rounds of interviews, six panel inter- interviews. So I'm, I interviewed with like 18, 20 different people. Uh, so definitely, definitely earned it. And then uh, once once I finally got the got the got the job, it was uh yeah it was it was life changing. It's been life changing for me to put to put all those things that I've had in me, all those lessons, all the hardships, all the trials and tribulations, all the successes and achievements, and just rolling it all into one. And now being in the position that I'm in now, and Jason, you know this, right? You've been coaching for a while, and you coached at Hoover. So you know that the, the the type of uh, the type of kids that are there, uh, a lot of underserved mm-hmm. uh, kids right there, and it's yeah I couldn't see myself being anywhere else uh, from from my first coaching gig, and uh, every day is now after I got the job and, and started to see 
what what it brings. I reached back out to all those guys that I sent that letter to, and, and I was mad this time. Like, why haven't you guys made me get into coaching early? <laughs> you guys been holding on to this, man. This is what this is the type of impact you, you, you've been making, and and, and I could have been doing this years ago. So, but you know, balanced it like I said with with being there for my son. And so that's why it took so long. And I, and you know, I don't think there's any mistakes, and it, it was in God's time. And that's that's why we're, where we're at. Where we're at, Coach. You jump when you when you jump back in here to this Hoover. You know, coaching at Hoover. You got a you got a special group of kids over there. So let's hear you. You know, brag on your kids for a second. Man, I brag on them guys every day, man. <laughs> if you see any of my posts, but um, not nah, gladly, gladly. Uh, the thing about it is, I I inherited a, a good group, a great group. A kid, so you know I got to give shouts out to the last coaches, uh, Coach Mike Fulford, and and his staff, and, and what he was able to do with uh, grooming these kids. You know, I you know I inherited a lot of you know these kids, and for me it was uh it was it was really just just raising the level of expectation for themselves, and and then just kind of creating a, a standard that we weren't going to lower. That's that's been that's been the biggest thing. Uh, and, and these kids want to be coached and they want to be coached. They want to be coached hard, but they want to, they want to know that, um, that you care for them. And so I've had the opportunity to just, you know, being blessed, man, to coach some great kids. We had three seniors last year that had their own Rocky stories as far as, you know, uh, the years previous, we were able to get them and, uh, have, I, I, I met with each player in the program um, and was able to, to have them, you know, find out what their why is. And once we did that, it was just a matter of uh, connecting that with the, with the behaviors and habits that, that, that it takes to reach those whys and reach, reach those goals. And uh, we lost three seniors from last year's run which was uh, epic, right? We went the furthest, we went the furthest than any Hoover team in, in the history mm -hmm. of Hoover basketball, further than I went, further than Pemberton, Riddlesburger, I mean, all the names down the line. And it, it's a credit to these guys. We So we lost three seniors, which meant that we returned a whole lot of talent. Uh, one of them being A.J. George, who, uh, who's an all-state player. Special. Signed at, special, special. Signed at Long Beach State University, 6'6". Six, six, uh, has just grown his game uh, by leaps and bounds over the last year. Uh, and, and and not just on the offensive end. You know, everyone who, who sees the numbers, you know, he recently broke the single-game scoring record at Hoover scored 49 in the game against Central couple weeks ago um, but defensively he guards the, the opposing team's best player he's guarded Cole at post whereas uh, Jojo Hunter at Memorial he's guarded uh, AK at, at North he, he, every single game he's guarding the other team's best offensive player he's averaging 23 and 10 uh, he's the, probably the most humble 
superstar, you know, high school elite player I've ever been around. And uh, he's just leading us, and we're turning the corner with uh, with our with our overall play, and then and he's 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 leading that whole movement. Um, the thing with him is getting him to to be loud and, and kind of outspoken and, and, you know, your best player, you expect him to, to be able to get in God's face. That's just not him. He's not a big confrontational guy. He leads by example. And it's just funny. You would think that a guy who's that, uh, that talented and putting up those types of numbers uh, would relish an opportunity to yell at another player, another kid. And he, he just doesn't do it. He doesn't separate himself uh, from the team. Um, it's always just been a pleasure to, 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 to coach him and watch his growth. The first day that I got the job that I met with, with him, I met with all the returning players and him and Ivy Ruff, who's a, who's a point guard there. They both ended up being my captains. Um, I asked them, you know, what their goals were. And when I asked AJ, you know, they both said, you know, we want, we want to win Valley. But when I asked AJ, well, what are your personal goals? He pointed to the wall and said, I want to be up there. I want to be on the Hall of Fame. Prove it. And, and I'd say from what he's done, he, he's uh, he's definitely on his way to being there on the Hall of Fame at Hoover, for sure. That's a big that's a big wall up there. There's a lot of big names up there. Yeah. Yeah. There's some more that need to be added, too. Uh, there's some more that need to be added. Absolutely. So, he he's been a, a huge catalyst. We've had a uh, man. We've had some talent, man. Uh, like I said, Ivy Ruffs, a five nine point guard, pit bull, uh, sits on defense, impacts the game defensively. Uh, his handle, if, if anyone's seen him play, the handle is crazy. The handle is crazy. He has the ball on the string. He's a gamer. We got a uh, Swillis, Anthony Swillis. He's a he's a six six self-proclaimed paint monster. I think his name, he has a, some kind of nickname, paint beast or paint monster, <laughs> something crazy. That's Shannon's son, right? That's, that's, that's not his son. That's, uh, that's, uh, his nephew? John Pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. John okay. Pleasant's dad. He's good. Swillis is his mom. Uh, that's his nephew. Okay. That's, that's, that's his, or his cousin, Shannon okay. and Kevin Swillis. Yeah. But, okay. uh, he, the, the apple doesn't fall no. far from the, he has he has a lot of those gifts. He played freshman ball the year before, and then he he just kept growing his game over the summer. He ended up being our starting our starting uh, big last year, and he led the NYL in blocks with, with over three blocks a game. Dang. After after playing freshman, at, you know the year prior, and uh, you know he can shoot it. He's growing his game. He had an injury towards meniscus last year against Garces in the semis before Valley. So people didn't know he, he played against Beckerfield Christian in the championship on a torn meniscus. We didn't know it was torn. So I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, he, yeah, we didn't know, we didn't know it was torn. And so got an MRI done after that, found out that it, that it was actually torn. Um, but he's back for us throwing his game. We, we, we have, uh, you know, last year it was crazy. You know, we had a couple guys um, that just really flourished for us, and, and, and this year we have some more guys that are taking off. Another senior, Mikael Hoggett, six three, uh, combo guard, 
plays defense, does anything you'll ask him. We have uh, Jeremiah Simmons, who's a, who's a big lefty guard, light on his feet, really looking for big things from him. We have Willie Johnson Jr., who, if you know the name, Willie yep. Johnson. Um, Edison Tigers. Have, man, yeah, I think he's the all-time leading scorer at Edison. And so, is he as, son, is he as, as athletic as his dad? You know what? He is, and he doesn't even know. No. He, he's one. He's one of 40 inch vert, six two Ooh. and a half. Last night he uh he came in and, and, and changed the game for us and finished his line was eleven points, nine rebounds, four blocks, four steals. Dang. <laughs> All over the place. All over the place. And so he's a junior. We have uh Nate Moore, who's a who's a who's a, a sharp shooting sophomore. He, he first varsity game of the year, he had thirty three points. I think I think I think he. I'd have to check with Bob Barnett, historian. He had nine threes in that game. Might might have set the record for threes in in a Hoover game. Yeah, that's the name I was waiting for because I remember seeing that that's that uh you know that line come out after that game, and I was like, who is this kid? I I didn't, never heard of him. Right, right, youngster, youngster, um, sophomore man played JV for us last year as a freshman, led JV in scoring, you know, averaged over twenty. Um, came up to, to you know brought him up to varsity this year and uh, this this summer was so tough with COVID and and uh, you know parents kind of being leery of, of having their kids around others so he didn't really get the the work um, as far as with the ball handling and and stuff so he was kind of late with 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 you know fitting into how we do stuff but it didn't take long to. For us to see that on this level he can he can shoot the lights out, and yeah, that first game against Clovis High, uh, he had it clicking. He had it clicking, man. Came out the gates thirty, and I had just inserted him into the starting lineup that week because this the summer we were playing in a couple of club events. We were going down to Carruthers, went up to Rockland, and uh, he wasn't starting. And then I just saw something that last week before the season started where uh, I'm like, no, this guy's a game changer. He's, he's a gamer. So put an insert him in the starting lineup right before season started, and, and, and it obviously paid off, man. A guy lit he, he, he lit the scoreboards up with nine threes, finished with 33, has all the swag in the world. He's, he's an <laughs> AAU guy. So he <laughs> – it's so funny. I call him AAU because he, he has that type of swag and – you know, he has all the celebrations. He'll pull out the arrow behind his back and, sh- you know, <laughs> shoot it when he hits the three, all that. So he keeps us young, keeps us fresh. You know, like I said, I, ha- I have the, I have an old school mentality as far as, the, uh, as far as some of the culture stuff. But, uh, you know, played recently enough to know that, you know, these kids ha- have their own ideas of, of, of how to do things. And so we're, we're still – meshing that we're still meshing that the old with the new uh this this positionless basketball i don't i don't have any i don't have any centers on the team it's forwards and guards because that's that's the way basketball is being played now you know we still work on post stuff and back to the basket but i don't have a single center on the team you know swill six six he, he plays forward and can shoot the three so I'm 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 real excited about the rest of this year for these seniors. I mean, I couldn't be happier that we had a season, but um, I'm extremely 
uh, excited about about the future. We have another guard who just came out from from football, Elijah Johnson, who no one's really seen yet. Uh, his 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 dad's Layton Johnson played at Hoover. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he he's a player. So uh, now nah, I'm really excited for the pipeline and, and just what we're what we what we're creating at Hoover, and to just keep it going. So I love the I love that you're the guy back at Hoover because you know a lot of these kids nowadays they don't they don't know what Hoover was back in the day you know I mean you're in your era and before you and back then Hoover had Hoover's place to be I mean you guys had all the athletes there was dudes left and right coming out of there so it's cool that you know that you're back there and you can kind of relate those those stories and let them know what they're you know what 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 went on at Hoover back before them. Absolutely, you know, you're right. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a rich history. It's a rich history there at Hoover that these kids wouldn't know anything about. Um, and and I'm definitely able to to bridge that gap. Um, in fact, you know, Coach Sharkey, he's still a, he's still a big part of what we do. You know, we talk constantly, man. Pick his brain. Uh, you know, he'll come in and. And and show show these guys some 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 things that just helps their game and the, the way he's able to uh, command their attention. Uh, I mean, I'm still learning from him, but he's able they're able to see that the stuff that I'm saying and and it may sound funny coming from a guy who they who they feel is a little younger. Like you said, you know, I, you know, I have a younger appearance, and so some of the things I say, I know sometimes it may be funny them hearing it, you know this young looking guy talking this old school talk and so to have a guy like coach sharky come around and uh and echo a lot of those things they see where it's coming from you know last year during our state playoff run i was talking with coach moore you know every night i'd get a game tape he was like hey hey coach can you uh, send me send me the game film and and he'd help break it down and he we compare notes he's like well what'd you see I'm telling him what I'm seeing, and he's like, you know what? That's funny. I saw the same thing, and, and he shares stuff with me. And, I mean, he's been coaching for, you know, 45 years, 45, 50 years. And to now be in a position where we can actually uh, speak on, on, on a coaching level and then just disseminate it down to our younger guys, now it's, it's obviously, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's a blessing. I, I get so much more out of this. Than, than our kids that ever know, you know, they may not know it because all the yelling and barking I threw at them. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's really just a just a just a dream come true to be able to to impact these guys with a lot of the lessons and uh, their behaviors that, that that was instilled in me. And uh, that's the main thing, man. Just letting them know again, I'm living example. A lot of the reason why I'm in this position is based off of things that I did when I was 16 and 17 years old and, and people remembering that and then, uh, you know, giving me an opportunity. And that's what I tell these guys, man. It's the same thing can happen for you. You know, you take care of business. You, uh, there's, there's some, there's some behaviors that are, that are universal for when it comes to success, right? Be in the classroom, on the court, Two things that I demand from everybody in my program is that you're you're coachable on the court and teachable in the classroom. And, and these are things that, you know, my mom instilled in me. My coaches fostered that type of uh, atmosphere. 
and I'm trying to do the same thing. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So we got a couple questions for you. So first one, we have to ask just because it's a Pemberthy thing. And so who was your favorite Pemberthy to play with? Because you know they're all going to be listening. So, And I think you played, you darn near played with the whole family, right? <laughs> a lot of them. A lot of them. I played with Mike. Uh, I played with Mike my sophomore year, played with Aaron, uh, Aaron my freshman year and my junior year and senior year, and then played with Joey uh, my my senior year. Uh, the youngest brother, he's John. coach. He played with my youngest brother at, uh, at Hoover, yeah. Dino. John, he's coaching at uh, Fresno at, Christian. At Fresno. Fresno Christian won the Valley Championships. I, I didn't. I might have played with him in the open gym. He might be my favorite because he was the one that passed me the ball. <laughs> <laughs> the other shooters, the other shooters weren't giving that thing up. Mike, Mike wasn't passing that thing. Uh, <laughs> passing that thing, but uh, no, Mike was a phenomenal player. Uh, I learned a whole lot from watching him. You know, as a point guard, seeing the way he moved off of screens and red screens and then as a point guard you have to be able to read those same things because you have to know when the guy's curling when mm -hmm. he's fading when he's when he's fading shallow and mike was a uh was, was masterful man even at a young age at doing that so that grew my game so much just watching him uh, but yeah like i said man you're not getting the ball <laughs> playing with mike. getting the ball so uh aaron and then aaron's the strongest so he was a great screen setter so he 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 was said great on balls uh, for me. Uh, so I love playing with him. Joey was the most athletic out of all of them. He was another lefty. Uh, he could he shoot it too, athletic. though. Oh, they all could shoot it. They he all could shoot, shoot it too. He, he filled the lane. Uh, yeah, that's kind of tough, man. I don't want to get nobody in trouble. I'll say John. <laughs> I go with John. The one who would pass it back to you. <laughs> the one who would pass it back to me. Nah, man, the Pemberthys are, are are great, man. Those are, those are those are my bros for life. Um, and we talked about that Wall of Fame up there at Hoover. Mike's got his name up there. Yeah, he does. He does. He might have been the first name up there, or, or no, nah, maybe Coach Moore, or Coach Sharky. I think Nick French started. That. Yeah, Nick started that. And then I honestly, I'm trying to think. I didn't carry that on. I don't know if Mike carried that on either. So that's. He didn't. He didn't. So uh, that's that's on I'm, you. You got to bring that back. You know more of the Hoover alum than we did. So, right, right. And then being, it's funny because uh, AJ yeah, George, he just recently broke that scoring mark. Right, he had the forty nine, yeah. and we made a post about it. And then uh, a guy named Tom Lobs' name came up. Uh, you know, and I, we found out who had the previous record. Yeah. The guy had forty some points, and this was in nineteen seventy four. And so we made a post, you know, celebrating the accomplishment. Uh, and I get a call about a, about five days later from the attendance office at Hoover. Hey, Coach Archie, there's a guy here in the office named Tom Law who uh, saying something about uh, AJ broke his scoring record and he wants to meet you and him. And that was cool. I saw man. Okay, his number, so I called a guy. This is on a game day. Who maybe Madera or Reedley? I I called him. We talked for like half a half hour, man. This guy's taking me through the game and through his whole experience at Hoover in the seventies. And and uh so I invited him out to the game. Say, hey, we you know, we're gonna we're gonna, you know, 
do a little presentation for AJ. I'd love to have you a part of it. You know, you come down there, uh, say a few words, whatever. We'll introduce you. And uh, it's funny because he his he said that his brother and a buddy of his reached out to him and said, hey, how do you feel about your record being broken? Out the blue. And uh, he knew exactly what they were talking about. And he asked them, well, you know, what's going on? I said, they said, well, we're on Facebook. We see this post. And your name came up. Some 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 kid at Uber broke your record. He hadn't been in the gym in, in 40 years. He hadn't been up to Hoover in over 40 years. Wow. Comes to the game. Just a great guy, man. Brought brought some gifts for AJ. Met at half court. We introduced him. Uh, you know, was able to give him his flowers. And you know, met AJ, you know, did the photo op and all of that. And now he, he's a huge fan. That's huge awesome. He's a fan of the way we play. Um, he, he's, he, you know, asked, can I come to other games? I said, man, you have a lifetime membership, man. As long as I'm here, um, you, your wife, whoever you'd like to bring. So he's, he's, he'll be coming to more of our games. And again, it's just continuing that legacy of, uh, of, of Hoover's past and connecting and bridging it with, with the present and the future. And so going back to the hall of fame thing, I want to, I want to talk with him and any other guys, any other old timers from Hoover to, to get that wall back up to where it needs to be. Cause I know there's a lot of great talent that uh, d- deserves their flowers. No, definitely. No, definitely. So here's a tougher question for you and you're going to probably hate me for this question, <laughs> but who were your who are your top five basketball players from Fresno? You can talk about your era when you played and then your coaching these last two years. If you want to name five guys, that's a tough one. I know it is, but you're gonna have to answer oh, that man. one. <laughs> you should have sent that question last night. <laughs> that's tough. I I'll just go from I'll go maybe my era, maybe a little bit before. Okay. Sheesh, that is tough, man. I might, I might have. I've had some of these discussions. Uh, it, it might be, t- it might be tough to, to 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 narrow it to five. You know what? I'll go. I'll go with guys that that I looked up to first. So I might end up having to do ten, and then five that I played against. So okay, point guard, point guard Andre Sins. Point guard out of Edison, he was a monster. Uh, who else? I like I like the guy named Will Blue. He was a he was a he was a shooting guard from Washington Union. Played in the late eighties, okay. early nineties. Did Carl he play Ray with Harris. uh did he play with Jervis? Or Carl Ray Harris no. at Washington Union? No, nah, Jervis was like eighty Jervis was like eighty eight probably eighty five. Okay. Four, eighty five, eighty six. Uh this guy blue. Uh, Will was probably 88, 89, 90. Okay. 91. And then Carl Ray Harris was another one, yeah. monster. At Washington Union, uh, loved his game. Uh, what else, man? And then uh, coming into my era. Your era is loaded. Your era is absolutely loaded. Super with, loaded, man. Loaded with talent. Super loaded. Super loaded. We had a uh, Darnell McCoy, 
was my guy. He averaged 27 a game at Central. Monster. Monster. Uh, Shannon Taylor was a beast at, at Bullard. Uh, Timothy. Timothy was he, he, he was unguardable. Um, man, it was a lot of talent, man. It's a lot of talent. I think that might be five names. <laughs> that is five names. That is five names. Guard heavy, man. Guard heavy. I'm biased to the guards. <laughs> biased to the guards, man. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. Well, uh, man, I, I, like I said, I just love that you're the guy back at Hoover. I think, I think you're gonna have a theme of, uh, you know, this whole going back into the history and. Uh, you're just the right guy for the job right now, man. I just, I love it. I love seeing it. Love seeing those old timers come back in and uh, and support you guys over there. And more than anything, man, we just, we love this today. Just want to say thank you for, uh, you know, giving us the time. This is good stuff today. Yes, thank you, Tazel. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. You guys are doing an awesome job with this and uh, highlighting Fresno Central Valley hoops history. Uh, so now I appreciate the opportunity you guys bringing me on. No, thank you. Could not thank you enough. And man, best of luck the rest of your way, man. Go win that D three. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, let's see. Uh, I think I think AJ needs a ring on his way out, right? That would be that would be a great way to cap uh, his career and, and and what he's and what he's done and been a part of. That would be a great way to send him out. You know, we were we were hoping to uh, with the schedule that we set to be able to to fight for for the for the open spot. But uh, we had a couple guys that uh that that didn't return. You know, we, we were supposed to have five returners from last year's team. We had all five underclassmen starters. Um, two of two of them are, are no longer with the program, so those are big big shoes to fill. But we we played the schedule that could have got us there. No, you guys played, played a tough schedule. You guys played, played a tough schedule. We played everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, going into it, I, I was I was you know thinking that we were going to look a certain way but um you know we've had to redirect and, and, and take another course and i'm loving what we got i'm loving what we got and so now it's we're right on the outskirts of being in that top four but with memorial st joe's clovis west and probably north yeah i think they probably have those uh locked up um but yeah, we 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 played them all. We 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 we've uh we stepped up to the plate, played everybody, and now it's those things are, are starting to pay off, man. We're on an eight-game win streak. We have a we have a tough one against Edison next Saturday, so looking forward to that. And now it's just we can only control what we can control. We're trying to finish strong, and and like you said, um, finish with finish with a Valley Championship, and and, and looking to make another deep run in the state playoff. The cool thing is you guys played Bakersfield Christian. You guys beat them, but it looks like you guys are on that collision course again at Sound. Yeah. They, well, <laughs> they got to hold up the end of the bargain. We got to hold up ours. Yeah. There's some other that I haven't seen. Uh, Napomo, I keep hearing about them. and you know, I guess they're D3, and, and, and they're doing some good things. And, and you just never know. You yeah. Know, looking, back, looking back on, uh, like you said, we were 11 seed at Pepperdine. Uh, nobody had us beaten. Indiana, you know, six seed Indiana from the Big Ten, and uh, we believed, and, and we went out there and did the job. Did with basketball, 
in high school and college, it's a one game, uh, a one game tournament. Every time you're on the court, you know, I tell our guys, you know, put put your shorts on one leg at a time, just like they do. So respect every opponent. Nothing's a given. If it's a collision course, we we have to do, we have to go through all the speed bumps to get get to there, and so so do they. So. Now I love coach against Coach Brown over there at Bakersfield Christian. Love what he's doing, and uh, would love to run it back with him if, if that's who we see down the line. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, though, Tizel. Thank you very much for your time, man. It's been awesome chatting with you and sh- letting you share your story with us. I appreciate it. All right, thank you, man. Thank you, guys. You guys take care. Take it easy, Tizel. All right, now. You've been listening to the Off the Bench Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench.